Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. <laughs> the risk has been taken. <laughs> if I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Hey everyone, it's JB. Um, before the episode starts, I just wanted to say that the Black Lives Matter moment is really important to me. And I want change. This, the country cannot stay the way it is. So I'm asking you, please, everyone, if you want to help and you don't know how, please check out the website Black Lives Matters. That's matters with S dot C A R R D dot co. Again, the website is Black Lives Matters with S dot C A R R D dot co. Please check out the website. Please find out ways you can help and stuff. It means so much to me. But without further ado, here's a brand new I'm Sync show. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Okay. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason... The word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom.
Ah, yes, the fabulous Anne Steele singing Love Can Take Us There. I just thought we could all use a little love and inspiration to start the show today as we begin Pride Month. Um, Yeah, it's Pride Month. I know it's hard to believe. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, June 6th in the year of the coronavirus apocalypse 2020 at dnrstudios.com which, as always, is the only place to hear this podcast the week that it first airs. Leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes, wherever else you listen. Um, Downloads for the month of May were skyrocketing. I don't know why. Um, 3,000 more people downloaded this podcast in May than in April. So thank you. Uh, And if there are any new listeners out there, I want to especially thank and welcome you. what else? Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. I post stuff there all the time. Download my comedy albums. Donate to my AIDS Walk page. AIDS Walk is happening this year, but it's a virtual event. It is, I believe, June 4th. You can check that online. But uh, you can donate just by going to adamsank.com. There's a link right there. And finally, if you're listening to this after July 1st, go to podcastawards.com immediately and nominate us, the Adam Sank Show, in the Feast of Fools Fun LGBTQ category. We need a nomination this year. Uh, Last plug, I'll be hosting a Big Gay Virtual Vegan Dinner Party on June 4th. So go to Facebook and type in Big Gay Virtual Vegan for tickets and full details. Our guest today, uh, I'm very excited about this. Our guest today is the most popular guest we've ever had on the ass in terms of downloads. He is YouTube superstar Davey Wavy. And he'll be calling in from Palm Springs, California a little later in the hour. But first, I want to welcome everyone's favorite piglet, my favorite co-host, and uh, RuPaul's favorite fan. It's Ryan Frostig, ladies and gentlemen. Baby, we made it. We made it. Jada Essence Hall wants a grace. Yes, Ryan's very excited that his pick, Jada Essence Hall, is the winner. Spoiler alert. Good, Good morning, Adam. It's a beautiful day here in Brooklyn. It is a beautiful How are day. You? Um, I'm okay. I'm, you know, frazzled and distraught like the rest of the country is today. Yes. Um, we're recording this on May 31st, and so we're coming off of the fifth consecutive night of uh, violent protests around the country, including here in New York City. If any of you live in a city, you probably are uh, witnessing this in your in your your own hometown. <sighs> It's a tough time. We're going to talk about it a little bit. But um, uh, I think today's show, Ryan, will start out serious and then we'll, we'll do a sharp turn and get silly and yes. ridiculous as yes. we always do. Yes. Um, and, yeah, it's the, the country is, is um, hurting right now, um, and uh, especially um, black people are, are really hurting and um, – I stand with them. I I am hurting for them and with them. And um, hopefully we can um, see justice served. But until then, um, we're just going to just it's 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 a sad time to be an American. It really it's it's almost unbelievable. It's like, you know, 100,000 people dead from the from from a virus, 30 percent unemployment. Uh, you know, fires being set and people being killed uh, in cities across America. And uh, it's like, what's next? A flying saucer lands and Martians get out and overtake. I mean, it's, it's like, what, what, what's the next fucking calamity? Um, but before we talk about any of that, Ryan, let's, 
Let's <laughs> quickly do our recommended viewing for the week. Re- recommended pandemic viewing from Ryan Frostig and Boy Wolf is? Well, to be honest, we've really only been watching, we've been trying to watch less TV and we've been watching most of the news. But I will say that in this time, um, I am uh, looking towards my um, my favorite television shows that always bring me joy. Um, some of them are, are favorites of yours as well. Um, so, uh, Boy Wolf has never watched the entire series of Will and Grace, the original. So I had to take him back uh, to the late 90s, and we, we've been watching from the beginning, from season one. And I don't have to tell you this because you are very familiar with the show, huge fan as well. It is, as, as the series builds, the writing just gets so good. It is, it is so, it brings me so much joy right now. And it makes me laugh. I mean, these are episodes I've seen hundreds of times, and they just continue to make me laugh. And um, seeing him laugh at these jokes for the first time makes it even better. So I wish I had a a more current recommendation for this week. But I would say, you know, watch a classic. watch, Watch whatever makes you feel good. Now is the time to try to feel a little bit better about uh being alive listen i'm with you anything that makes you feel good right now do it as long as you you as as long as it's with consenting adults so uh, this week i'm going to recommend something that you've already recommended on this show but it took me a few weeks to finally get to it and i love it and it is hbo's series we're here in which three rupaul's all-stars uh eureka uh help me out here i'm drawing a blank ryan uh, Bob the Drag Queen and Shangela. Those three. They go to small towns and small cities across America, particularly in very conservative, very religious parts of the country where the gay community is either you know non-existent or very small and struggling. And they put on a drag show and they make over three of the local residents um, as drag queens or drag kings. And sometimes they're gay men, sometimes they're gay women, sometimes they're straight people, trans people, they, they, it's really, they've done a great job of kind of covering the spectrum of human sexuality and gender. It is the most touching, lovely, inspiring show. I, I end every episode sobbing in a really good way. And it's, it's what I need right now is we're here on HBO. So, and beautifully produced, I think. It is so, I'm so happy that you um, responded to it that way. And I just think, um, the casting of those three queens to be on a show like this is so perfect. I mean, I just quickly want to say I um, uh, I happened I, I met Shangela um, a couple summers ago during Pride when I was working at the uh, the Ace Hotel, and she was one of the kindest, um, most um, just congenial people I've ever met. And when I see her interacting with these people on the show, it is. A hundred percent genuine. I mean, you can really see her connecting with these people for real, for real. She is is a light in the darkness that is this world. Like, she just glows with goodness and kindness. And honestly, like, if Shangela ran for president, like, I would get behind that. Like, I feel the same as you do. She's just fabulous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, uh, and it really does show the power of drag 
um, once yeah. again. So, okay, now we're going to – I just felt like I needed to – I mean, not that you need to hear another white guy's opinion of what's going on across America right now, but I just kind of wanted to make a statement about how I'm feeling, and I also want to make one really important point. So, so here it is. First of all, I wish JB were with us and part of this conversation. And JB, if you're listening and you want to just insert yourself into, you know, do a monologue, do whatever, whatever you're feeling, whatever you need to say. I know the listeners would love to hear your thoughts and feelings about what's going on. And, and Ryan and I would too. But I want to say that the, the rage that black and brown people are expressing right now across the country is 100% justified. They have been murdered by white men with impunity, without any consequences, through, throughout American history, from the very beginning, from slavery on. And I can't begin to imagine what that feels like because I'm white. So I never have to face that. But I want to say that I stand, just like Ryan said, I stand with people of color. I stand with the Black Lives Matter movement. And I believe we must have massive systemic change in our police force. We, we have to. It's not a question of just a couple bad apples in New York and a couple bad apples in Minnesota. This is systemic. Are there good cops? Yes. But the system is rotten. The system is unjust. And too many black and brown people are dying for no reason. As for the violence and the vandalism happening at these protests, I, you know, I deplore any kind of violence. I deplore chaos i deplore um looting all that stuff it scares me i don't it's it, it doesn't serve any purpose it it it's counterproductive to any movement but this is the point i want to make i believe and there's tons of evidence out there to back this up that the majority of the protesters are peaceful and the destruction that you're seeing the looting and the fires and all that shit is being instigated by outside actors now, Donald Trump and Bill Barr and, you know, the Trump nation, they believe that too, except they think that they're leftist activists doing this. They think it's uh, Antifa and other far left groups. I am telling you, it is not. These are agents of the far right who show up at these protests from out of state. They don't live there. They are heavily disguised. Uh, they're the ones that throw the first brick through the store window. They're the ones that knock out windows in a police car and set fires. There is video after video after video of white people that no one around can identify starting the violence. And so when you watch the news and you think, God, why can't these protesters be peaceful and why are they burning down their own cities? I am telling you, I believe they are not. That is, a, that is a, an intentional tactic by the right to disrupt a, a legitimate protest movement. And so if you're out there today or tomorrow or any day protesting and you have every right to and I support you 100% and you see someone committing violence, turn on your phone and get them on tape and try to get try to find out who they are and get their name and follow them as, as, as safely as you can because we have to expose these people. Adam, That's kind of all I wanted to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I just want to echo all of that. And um, I actually was out protesting yesterday um, in the Grand Army Plaza in Brooklyn. And the night before, 
um, it was uh, happening in um, Boy Wolf's neighborhood, uh, Bed-Stuy, um, and right outside the window, and we went outside, and um, from, from what I saw firsthand, the protests were peaceful, and you can just, you can feel um, the pain and the sorrow from the people, and uh, you're absolutely right. The um, the videos, you know, the, and, and I think there's something uh, really important just about this kind of um, racist, unjust killing of black men, black people, trans uh, black men and women has been happening for decades, for hundreds of years. And we just only have access to it now because we have smartphones That's right. and we have cameras and we have ways to capture this kind of stuff. So the video that, that I saw um, that I think you were uh, referring to was the one of the, of the guy with the umbrella. Yes. In Minneapolis. Dressed in black, smashing all the windows. And I'm, I am, um, I'm so happy that, that people uh, kept the camera on him. My favorite part of that video was when the guy said, somebody hold my blunt. <laughs> and then gave it to him, and then continued to uh, to interrogate the guy. But um, uh, yeah, it's um, I, it's it's just it's heartbreaking. I mean, there's there's just there's just no other way. I think that the best thing that we um, as white people can do is um, listen mm-hmm. to people of color to call out racism when we see it in other white people and to donate to any organization that is currently um, fighting these uh, injustices and the, the bailout funds. And um, I know you've been posting those links, and, and I have two on our socials. So just whatever, everyone needs to be active doing something. Um, I agree. We, we, we have to, we really have to... Um, uh, action. We, 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 we just, we need action. I agree a hundred percent. And, and the other thing everyone needs to do, everyone who's a voting age must register to vote and must request either an absentee ballot or a vote by mail ballot. If that's available in your state, this is the most important election of our lifetimes. This is yeah, we, maybe the last chance we have to rescue our democracy. And Listen, Joe Biden isn't perfect. He wasn't my first choice. I think he's got a lot of problems as a candidate. But if you don't understand the difference between Donald Trump and Joe Biden and what a Biden administration would mean versus what a Trump administration has meant for the last four years, then you're, you're not paying attention. All right. I want to move on. Agree. Uh, I'm going to skip the next story because it's going to take us uh, even later than we already are. But I do urge everyone to check out the story of Brian Sims. He's the openly gay a state representative from Pennsylvania. He represents the Philly area in the Pennsylvania House, and he um, recorded a 10-minute rant that you must watch. He he uh, was basically exposing the fact that Republican House members in the Pennsylvania State House knowingly exposed their Democratic colleagues to coronavirus. They had it. They told their families. They were quarantining when they weren't at work, but they kept coming to work. For like two weeks. And these were the same Republican politicians who were denying that the, the, uh, 
the urgency of everyone to stay home and wear masks. They were the ones who were agitating for everything to reopen. We don't need masks. Let's get the economy going. Meanwhile, they were walking around the Pennsylvania House knowingly exposing their colleagues to coronavirus and not wearing masks. So this is just what's happening in the Republican Party. This is what the Republican Party is. Um, and by the way, it's not just Brian Sims saying this. You can read about this in any newspaper. This is well documented, but it's it's pretty compelling video. And Sims is a hero, and he's also incredibly hot. Not that that's important, but if it helps you want to watch the video, then you should watch it. Very hot, very smart. He is. Um, he's my part daddy. Of, uh, the future, yeah. He, he's, he's all of our daddies. All right, we're going to take a hard left turn now, and we're going to come to the moment that Ryan Frostick has been waiting for his entire life, and that is to recap the finale of season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Take it away, Ryan. Shante, you stay. Well, Adam, um, I am so happy to share with our listeners um, that this past Friday, Jada Essence Hall was crowned the winner America's Next Drag Superstar of Season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race. I am so happy about this for so many reasons, but I really do think, in continuation of our earlier conversations, the importance and the significance of this win right now um, is really, really, really um, exciting, and um, I'm just so happy. I, I think she's she is not only drag excellence, but she is black excellence. She is a drag queen, the epitome of a drag queen. So I'm excited for her. But I want to get into the finale because we have some different opinions about how things went down. Well, so basically, first, this is right. First, let me ask you what you thought of the finale itself in terms of how they how they did this virtual finale for the first time ever. You know what? I actually think um, they did a great job because I liked the, um, the different kinds of virtual lip syncs that they had to do. The, the first one being a, um, a close up just of the face, um, which is really how you can separate the expert lip syncers from the more amateur lip syncers. Cause it's all right there in the face. The mouth is present. You it's, it's, um, face, face, it's face. pretty intimate. And then uh, the second one being a more um, like a video, like a music video, um, uh, was a more a visual. The, the queens had um, complete freedom to use their spaces however they wanted to um, create a lip, lip sync performance. And then the third, the fact that they sent all the girls, and I was wondering if they were going to do this, sending all the girls the same packages. Um, it was a like a. So they, uh, balloons, uh, wood floor. They all had the, the, the same, same set. set. Mm -hmm. And then kind of um, seeing what they brought to the lip sync um, just based on their own drag and their own performance. So I was, I, I, I actually thought it was really cool. Um, but for me personally, um, and everyone has a different opinion about what, defines drag and what drag is to them. And, and, and I, I also just want to say that all three queens did a fantastic job. Agreed. No one did badly. Everyone did really well. And every queen is so different. For me, 
the drag that I was first exposed to, the, the drag that I first kind of experienced as um, a young queer person was at the club. And so I'm always thinking about the queens like Bianca Del Rio, Bob the Drag Queen, who I was lucky enough to see before they went on Drag Race. And to think about the command that they had in these tiny, tiny spaces, these tiny uh, gay bars in New York City. And when I saw Jada Essence Hall performing in her living room, that was the energy and and the... the, um, just the essence, I mean, hello, the essence that I look for in a drag queen that really excites me. So I was looking, I, my, I could not keep my eyes off her. I, I tried to look at the other girls and see what they were doing. But in my opinion, um, she really, uh, she really did the damn thing. Now I'm not arguing with you. Um, Ryan and I have a slight difference of opinion about the finale. I I love Jada. I think she, was consistently terrific throughout the entire season. And if you're judging the winner based on that criteria, then she absolutely deserved it. In terms of the finale itself, the highlights for me were Crystal doing the bird. That was the most fucked up and creative thing I've ever seen in my life. I think it's immediately iconic. Um, I thought Gigi's take on me, although I wish she had done more with it, was really creative and interesting. And I thought her Dorothy in the final round to go from black and white to color and then just at the last second give you that pop of the yellow brick road panties was genius. And I also just thought Gigi sort of turned it out in the first and third rounds. I thought she was the best one in the close-up lip sync and the best one in the final lip sync. So I and several others believe that you know, if you were just going by the finale alone, Gigi should have won. That said, <laughs> I'm perfectly happy with Jada as the winner. I agree with you that th- this these were three of the best finalists that I can remember, and they were all so different and so unique. I will say, if I never see RuPaul again in a slick it up gimp mask and a black shroud, oh my God. it won't be too soon. I don't know what the fuck I, is wrong with her. I'm not even going to waste a single breath on that. The only, the last thing that I really want to say is, um, I thought Crystal's, uh, I'm like a bird lip sync was super creative. However, I found it to be a little bit one note. And unfortunately in that final lip sync, you can kind of see that she doesn't have the thing that really breaks through. You know, it's like, she looked amazing. She looked, um, she always looks great. She's definitely like a look queen and not to uh, discount her talents, but I felt like the I'm like a bird was kind of just uh, one kind of shtick and it didn't really take me there. And as far as Gigi, she is a product of her, of her generation, of her of the world that we live in. It was very TikTok. It was very visually stimulating, but... Um, I think both of those queens, for me, it kind of stops there. It's like, she's a fashion queen. She's a, she's a kooky queen. And I know that there's more to them than that, but I, I just didn't see that, that it factor, that Jada. And I loved how in the first close-up lip sync, she was the only one to really get up in the camera, use her face, her, yeah, Michelle her nails for so out. long. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, I'm very happy. All-Stars 5, we will see it. Next Friday, Unbelievable. the RuPaul train does not stop. Um, 
And but honestly, now that Jada has won, I do not care who wins All Stars. I I feel like I really am open to any of those queens taking it. Now that Jada's won. All right, Ryan Frostig. There you have it. A passionate uh, recap, and uh, I'm even though I don't agree with you about who the winner should have been, I'm happy for you that you're so happy. And Thank you. By Thank the you, way, Adam. Jada and any other uh, RuPaul's Drag Race contestant is more than welcome to appear on the Adam Sank Show. Uh, we've already had, we've already had three people. We've had Bianca, we've had Peppermint, and we've had Honey Davenport. So let's uh, let's keep it going. Uh, meanwhile, here's yeah. a story that I wanted to do weeks ago, and it keeps getting pushed down off the rundown. So I'm definitely doing it today because it's some good news. There's good news in the world, Ryan. Oh my God! On May 26th. On May 26th, Costa Rica legalized same-sex marriage. Yes. This goes back to August of 2018 when that country's Supreme Court ruled it was against the Constitution to block same-sex marriage. Um, At that time, they gave an 18-month deadline to the legislature to basically figure out a way to extend uh, marriage rights to same-sex couples. Um, You know, there was great controversy about this. But a group called Si Acepto Costa Rica, which is a gay rights group, um, was celebrating their asses off this past week because uh, it became legal. One of the spokespeople for that group said decades of effort and struggle for rights reaches a historic moment when Costa Rica becomes the first country in Central America to approve civil marriage for people of the same sex. So hooray for them. You know, very Makes me so happy. Very difficult in Latin American countries that are very, very Catholic and very devout. It's hard for for these laws to get pushed through, but um, it's happening. Persistence pays off. It's a, a good lesson to anyone out there who's part of any progressive movement. Like, just keep at it, and eventually, you know, equality always wins because people have such a need for it, and they will they will fight for it no matter what. In a ridiculous story that Derek and Romaine, I know, covered heavily this week on their show, uh, a sex fantasy went wrong when two men hired to tie a stranger up in his underwear and stroke him with a broom broke into the wrong house. Did you hear about this, Ryan? Oh, my goodness. No, I did not. This was in Australia. Uh, They arranged this hookup with this freak on Facebook This was in the rural part of New South Wales, Australia. This guy provided his address to the the pair and said that he was willing to pay uh, about $5,000 if it was, quote, really good. Again, he wanted to be tied up in his underwear and rubbed with a broom. And he was willing to pay $5,000. I just want to say if anyone out there is willing to pay me $5,000, I too will tie you up. And You'll do a with, lot more for a lot less. I mean... I'm sure of that. That's a lot of money to spend for something that's really not that fun. But anyway, so he gave them their his address. But for some reason, uh, it, it took like a month for them to actually carry out this fantasy of his. And by the time they did, he had moved and neglected oh. to tell them his new address. He had moved 30 miles away. So they entered the home that he had told them to enter... Uh, this happened actually last July, 
And the resident who was living there noticed some light coming from the lounge of his house when he got up to go to the toilet at around 6 a.m. He assumed it was a friend who would come over daily to make coffee. I wish I had a friend like that. Hmm. And uh, so he <laughs> he heard a voice asking if his name was whatever the guy's name was. Uh, he turned on his bedside light, he took off his sleep apnea mask, and that was when he saw two men standing next to his bed holding machetes. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. This is the kind of thing that, like, needs to be a film or something. Like a comedy film. So, yeah. But here's what happens. So they, so they realize they're in the wrong house. One of them shakes the guy's hand and says, sorry, mate, and then they leave. This is where the story gets really strange. <laughs> Oh, dear. They drive to the correct address, which I don't know how they had. I guess they called him and said, like, hey, we're here. We're, you know, this isn't the right house. What's the right address? They show up. Um, when, when the client, as it were, sees that, they have, that they're holding machetes, he asks them to leave them in their car. Apparently the machetes were not part of his fantasy. He then cooked them bacon, eggs, and noodles. Why noodles? Oh, always noodles. Who makes noodles for breakfast? Well, definitely not with bacon, but oh, unless it's like um, in a, uh, what do you call it, sauce? Anyway. Uh, hollandaise? The whole thing is disgusting. But anyway, so the judge, uh, so anyway, police then arrived at the second property, found the machetes in the car, and arrested the pair. Now, nowhere in the story does it explain why police, why or how police knew that they were at this new address. It makes no sense to me. Um but anyway, a judge has ruled that the evidence uh, suggests the men's actions were not intentional. Um, a lawyer for one of them said it was a commercial agreement to tie up and stroke a semi-naked man in his underpants with a broom. Is that so wrong? <laughs> I, I, I have no words. The is that so wrong is just my added uh, joke. But uh, they said entry was not with an intent to intimidate. So they will be, uh, they'll, they'll be, uh, I think they've been acquitted already. What a world. What a world we live in, indeed. This obviously all happened before the coronavirus thing, but, um, yeah, what a fucked up fantasy. And so specific, too. What, there's a strange noise coming from your house. What's going on over there, Rai? Um, they, uh, this, <laughs> the sound that you're hearing, um, is actually chickens. <laughs> Why? Um, we have chickens. Uh, I basically live um, in an urban farm forest uh, in, in the heart of Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Are, are someone owns chickens? Yeah, we, we don't really know if it's the... Um, I always thought that it was um, like the Chinese restaurant and that maybe they were like killing these chickens every day. But now we think that it might be our, um, our uh, super who lives on the first floor, and they might be his chickens. And he also might be killing them and eating them. Jesus Christ. Are any of them roosters? Do they wake uh, you up at I the crack of dawn? So. But let me move elsewhere. <laughs> is, it, is it disturbing well, it, the uh, it kind sound of, quality? It kind of sounds like in one of those horror movies when a swing set is swinging very slowly in the wind to indicate like oh something ominous is about to happen. It's very that. Um, okay. It's very creepy. Well, yes. Do try to get away with it. Uh, get away from it. In the meantime, a married youth pastor from Georgia. Do I have to even go on with this? 
A married youth pastor from Georgia has been arrested after allegedly lying about being kidnapped outside a rural drugstore in an effort to cover up an attempted rendezvous with a male prostitute. Can I just tell oh you, my goodness. anytime a story begins with a youth pastor in Georgia, you know that something gay and illegal has happened. There's no such oh, thing really? as like a non-gay youth pastor from Georgia. Um, according to his since-deleted church bio, Christopher Keyes is a people person who loves to teach young people the truths of the Bible and who's been faithfully married to his wife, Jenny, for 20 years. Jenny, if you're listening, your husband's a fag. Jenny, if you're listening. Uh, okay, but here's what what's really sick about the story. So, uh, he... he I'm trying to figure out what happened here. For, he go, he gets on Facebook, basically, and he gives this, like, harrowing tale of being kidnapped by two black men. Of course, it's two black men outside a CVS, driven to a motel and robbed. This was shared almost 18 times in this, you know, Georgia community. Um, TV news uh, station 13 WMAZ, though, quickly learned through publicly available police records that Keyes had made the whole thing up. S- the sergeant of the sheriff's office confirmed that Keyes was never kidnapped by two black men outside the CVS. He was actually robbed by two masked assailants inside a room at the Regency Inn Motel while soliciting a male prostitute. Two days later, he was arrested and charged with so- solicitation of sodomy which is also the name of my upcoming memoir. Solicitation of sodomy is still considered a misdemeanor in the state of Georgia, despite the U.S. Supreme Court striking down sodomy laws in 2003. So that shouldn't even be a fucking law. Um, The whole thing probably would have remained under wraps had Keyes not gone around telling everyone that he'd been kidnapped by two black guys. Uh, A spokesperson for the academy, the church academy where he had taught, said he is no longer working there. Um, he's also been removed from the Wesleyan Drive Baptist Church's website. Police say they are still searching for the suspects who made off with his wallet, cell phone, and keys. His cell phone has since been recovered in the parking lot of a local Walmart. So, another Only. another winner from the Christian conservative side. Yep, we can always count on them for a gay scandal. Meanwhile, in Indonesia... A corpse shocked mourners at a funeral by waving at them through a glass window in the coffin. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. The corpse was what? the corpse was being buried during a Christian service in the city of Manado in Indonesia on May fifth, as the devastated family gathered around and the priest read prayers. The sinister outline of a hand and fingers could be seen moving under the glass panel in the casket. In the video, the priest is heard saying, quote, God has said in the book of John, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, he will live even though he is dead. Right at that moment, the corpse waved at them. There's footage of this. This is so fucked up. One of the mourners suggested maybe it was a mouse. Despite the macabre claims, the corpse was likely to have been moving around due to rigor mortis and changes in ligaments that occur during decomposition. Uh, A study in 2019 found that human bodies can move on their own after death. 
I think the moral of the story is don't bury someone in a casket with a fucking window on it. I don't want to yeah, see that. That, ugh, that makes my stomach turn. I honestly, you know, I don't even understand uh, when they have a wake and they have a viewing. Jew, we Jews, we don't do it's that shit. So creepy. We don't. We don't. Um, what's that called? When they drain the body and put in that chemical, what's that called? After you're embalm. We don't. We don't embalm. We don't have a wake. We don't have a viewing. We stick you. In a plain pine box and sh- and plant you in the ground the next day, and that is the way to do it. Or if even better, just fucking cremate the body. Cremate me, please. I do not want to be left in a box to rot, and I definitely don't want to be, you know, dressed up in a suit and put may have makeup put on me and lay there in some cushy coffin dead while people walk by and and you know say goodbye to me. It's just so fucked up. It's a strange tradition. What do you? How do you want to go, Adam? How do, how do you want your uh, your funeral service to go? I'll make sure to put in a good word. This is in my will. I want to be cremated and scattered someplace beautiful, like the beach, lovely, or a mountainside. Um, and I'm leaving everything to you, Ryan. Mm. Maybe. Definitely drag at mine. We'll see. There's been some revisions to the will recently. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway the bell the shade bell is like five minutes behind because I have to keep bringing it up on my phone okay and finally another story from weeks ago but I know you uh, know about this Ryan a Florida drag queen hopped on Facebook live to perform a quarantine show but when the camera started rolling she slowly lost consciousness this is so iconic this is this is if there is a, a at-home drag show that represents the the world that we're living in, it is this queen. And I'm so happy we are finally doing this story because when I saw this, I fell out. Her name is Anahi Santos. And after sitting down and making her live stream entrance via a poolside patio, the decked out performer began lip syncing to her first number before taking a generous swig of her beverage around the three minute mark. She then sat down to address her fans and began her next performance, but then a lull began to visually take over as she adjusted her outfit and then drifted into a three-hour nap. As she slumbered, uh, 700 people watched. The the audience kept growing and growing, and when she woke up, she found out that she had made $1,400 in tips. Moral of the story... Take a nap and stream it. Some people thought it was performance art. They thought she was not really sleeping, but she was. She said, I want to say thank you so much to everyone. God bless you guys and stay safe out there. The, uh, the sleeping drag queen sparked a hashtag, which was the Anahi Santos Challenge, where multiple drag artists, drag artists around the web stole her look and uh, slept on camera. Um, like I said... She is an instant icon, and I think that it's, it's, I mean, these queens, like, they, they, they usually are up until four, five, six in the morning. You know, some of these queens, their gigs start at midnight. Yeah. So it's like, if anyone knows how to stay up and not fall asleep, it's a drag queen. Well, there was some suggestion but that she may have had some chemical. You know, not everyone's at home doing these at-home gigs. 
you sit down for a minute on your couch, you had a few drinks, you may pass out. Exactly. And wake up to $1,400. I mean, talk about, oh, I got to go, Ride. That's our guest. Okay. I love you. All right. Our guest today is making his triumphant return to the ass. As I mentioned earlier, he was a guest on the show back in April of 2019, and that episode has become the most popular ass of all time. One of the original YouTube megastars, the founder of Hemeros.tv, and the subject of many of my sexual fantasies, he's joining us all the way from Palm Springs, California. Please give a warm-ass welcome to Davey Wavy. Hey. Hey, Davey. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, baby. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Uh, especially yeah, of course. Wa- it's my pleasure. Waking up early on a Sunday. Oh, girl, I've already had my workout. I'm ready to go. Oh, you're so disciplined. I wish I've gained so much fucking weight during this thing. I look like my father. It's Aww. not cute. <laughs> Davey, what has, Palm, you- what has Palm Springs been like during quarantine? You know, it's it's been really quiet. This is usually the busiest time of year here between Coachella and Stagecoach and all the festivals. Um, and uh, we've literally just kind of hunkered down. And, of course, a lot of the population here is a bit uh, a bit older. So people are being especially careful. Um, and uh, it just feels a little bit like a, like a ghost town. Yeah, I mean, even New York feels that way sometimes. Um, not as much lately, but f- but for a while there, you know, I'd walk my dog in you know in the middle of the day, and I'd be the only one out and about, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, I live in Midtown. Yeah, it's, it's starting to open up here a little bit. Uh, I think the Airbnbs have finally restarted, and some of the restaurants are opening, but um, it's still kind of a, a fraction of, of what it once was. Well, here's a question I know many people are wondering. Are you alone or have you had a companion during this time? Yeah, no, I am I am flying solo. And I think that's been one of the things that initially was really delightful. It was like, oh, I have all this alone time. And, you liked it. Um, I, yeah, I was kind of an introvert. I got to celebrate my best, like, you know, solo self. And uh, as time progressed, <laughs> I started to realize that even my introvertism if that's a word has its limits yeah uh and uh and certainly uh my desire to connect with other people sexually i mean i feel like at this point like i'm like mount st helens just like ready to Mm. ready to erupt and i've been trying to find um fun but safe ways to explore my sexuality and uh, we've even been doing that in some of the content that we've been creating to um, I mean, if anyone understands how to navigate sex and pleasure in the midst of a health crisis, it's gay men. You know, we've kind of done this before. It's a little bit in our DNA um, so with the, the AIDS crisis. Absolutely. So, you know, we're kind of well positioned to be able to navigate uh, this pandemic, too. And um, that's what we've been trying to do in some fun ways with our with our audience. So your balls are heavy and filled with cum, what is your advice for other people like yourself <laughs> who are alone and sex-starved right now? How do we get through it? Yeah, so it, it, it's interesting because I think this is how I feel. Like I am very horny. I am very revved up. I also know that a lot of people are having the opposite reaction um, because they're scared, they're anxious, there's a lot of stress on people. And I think when we're scared, 
and kind of like you know uh, shrinking, the the tendency is to want to put your sexuality on the back burner. And what a lot of us know is that things like pleasure and connection are very healing. Um, and so I would say I would I would encourage people to resist that urge to deprioritize your sexuality. Um, and in terms of finding safe ways to to explore it, I think it's going to be different for everyone. Um, and it depends on your risk factors and right. where you are and what's going on in your community. But um, one thing that we did, which was really fun, was uh, we created some content around voyeurism. Uh, so there were a um, there's a couple out here in Palm Springs. Um, who had been quarantining together, and we set up a social distance shoot where one guy was on one side of a window and the other guy was on the inside. So, you know, one guy's inside the house, one right. guy's in the backyard. And they got to play with each other, but through the glass. Uh, it was really, it was sexy. It I was bet. hot. Sometimes the only thing hotter than getting what you want is is not getting what you want. Right. The, it's, um, and it's, they even... It's very erotic the, to be so tempted and so close to it, but not be able to get it. Totally. Yeah. I and mean, he had like a suction cup dildo that he like stuck onto the glass. And so one guy's like banging him through the, through the glass. And it was, it was really hot. Um, we've also done some content with Zoom. Mm. Um, so for people that are maybe a little bit more remote, um, we did one video that was like a task list where a daddy, gave his boy like a list of 10 things to do before he would get to see him jerk off. And, you know, he's like, I want you to write daddy's hole across your ass. And I want you to, that's hot. <laughs> you know, do 10 push ups and get sweaty for daddy. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was pretty, uh, titillating. So, you know, there's ways, I'm titillated right there's now. ways to do it. Good. Davey, Good. your most recent YouTube video uh, on, on the Davey Wavy channel is was new gay porn stars react to old gay porn, um, which right. I, I found very delightful. I first I want to talk about it, but I want to know when was this shot? Because the porn stars, the young porn stars are all seated shoulder to shoulder in the same room. So I'm guessing you shot this before uh, lockdown. Yeah, we shot it several months ago. It was actually a shoot right before everything right before the shit really hit the fan. Um, so I think it was early March. Uh, and I think actually if we had done the shoot one week later, we probably would have had to cancel it. Um, right. And uh, yeah, so a lot of the content we, we do well in advance. So we have like a whole vault of like a year's worth of videos. So you have these young porn stars, very young, I should say. I mean, some, most of them look like they're in their 20s. And um, you show them porn... Very old porn. I, I was shocked that that there is 1920s gay pornographic film. How were you able to find that? Well, first of all, you don't jerk off to, to 20s porn? I mean, I have. Is that your, not your go-to? I have in a pinch uh, just because the, char <laughs> the Charleston has always gotten me hard. But uh, but but seriously, uh -huh. like I, this is the first time I've ever, ever heard of anything before 1950 uh, in terms of gay porn or video. Right. Well, you also have to remember that what they were filming in these videos um, are, you know, like even the porn from the 50s was illegal at the time. Of course. Uh, 
and and with the porn from the twenties, it's two guys, but there's also a woman involved. Right. So it's and not I gay. think that was to kind of like make it a little bit more accessible what they were filming. Right. I mean, even um, even on Fire Island in the seventies or, or or the late sixties, at least. Uh, you'd have a room full of men at the club and they couldn't start dancing until one woman started dancing. Okay. They'd be arrested if, if there wasn't a right. woman in the room. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to find this stuff. I mean, as soon as the camera was invented, you know how our minds are it, it, immediately. It's like, okay, let's use this for sex. So this porn is not a new thing, but, um, um, for its, you know, earlier years, it was very much underground, and man, it, it has come a long way uh, <laughs> because it was, if you look up some of the older porn, it's really uh, it's like watching a silent film. You know, it's like what surprised then, you most about the young porn star's reaction to the vintage porn? Um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't think I was really surprised by their reactions. I think that they were <laughs> they were <laughs> predictably confused by it. And um, to me, it seemed they were mostly certain... mocking the production values. Say that again. To me, it seemed that they were mostly mocking the production values as opposed to the sex itself. Right. Well, and of course, right. They grow up with like they grew up with iPhones. So the idea that some of this content was created like on actual film and like spliced together in someone's basement is like a little bit, a little bit lost on them. Um, but I don't think that all the ways that porn has evolved and changed over the years has been for the better necessarily. I think we've kind of fallen into a very specific, uh, formula of, of porn that, that we watch say something at Himrose TV we try to break out of, mm -hmm. but I think everyone's kind of used to being served up this very uncreative, set up two guys in a hotel room. Um, they usually look pretty similar. They're probably 28, muscular, usually white. Uh, they make out, they blow each other, they rim, they fuck, they come, they kiss, and, and, and it's And it's, always, know, that, it's always the same order okay. of operations. It always starts with kissing, then sucking, then rimming, then fucking. Like almost always, right. it's always in that, like, there's a very, you're right. It's very prescribed. Um, I have, I have yeah. a friend who was just saying that he, he prefers seventies porn because the sex felt a lot more natural and spontaneous and real than what we see today. Um, well, when, it, you're right. Cause when we, when we film, um, especially with porn stars, guys that are more experienced versus, everyday people, which we also incorporate into our content. Um, but when porn stars are kind of so used to performing in the context of this formula, they'll say, okay, cut, I need to get some water. And I say, okay, we're not cutting, but I would love to see you ask for water and like take a sip on camera because it seems like, I mean, what hasn't been done in porn, like, you know, we have porn, dad, son porn, we have, you know, puppies and masks, whatever, like, <laughs> but never have we captured someone asking for a glass of water to porn first. Right. And that's what <laughs> happens during sex. Sometimes you do need to take a little break and we're not, we're not machines. 
So I think that's right. a great idea. Davey, in the time remaining, it's time to play everyone's favorite at-home quiz show, Ask Me No Questions. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. How old were you when you had your first sexual experience? You really hit all those notes. I'm so impressed. Thank you. Um, I, well, first sexual experience. With another person. Oh, with another person. Uh, I was, I think, 15. Hmm. And we had America Online. And I did not, I did not care who the dick was attached to. Like, (laughs) I just needed a dick. Yeah. And I still remember this guy that came over and he had this, like, black leather jacket that smelled like cigarette smoke. And... It was just like the least romantic, most horrible experience in my oh. life, and I think I probably thought I was in love with him. Oh dear! How old was he? Uh, he's probably in his like late thirties or something. Oh my I don't know. I'm not, I'm not endorsing this. I'm yeah. just saying I was a horny teenager. I hear this story. <laughs> A lot from people younger than me. We didn't. None of that could have happened when I was growing up. We didn't have the internet when I was fifteen. So, um, but I know a lot of of young, you know, younger guys who tell me similar stories. It's it's kind of shocking. Um, which best? Yeah. Which best describes your current pubic hair situation? Wild Kingdom, manicured lawn, or tile floor? Oh, jeez. Uh, I, I don't. I, what was it? Wild Kingdom. Wild Kingdom, manicured lawn or tile floor. Uh, I think somewhere between manicure and tile is where I tend to. Well, pr- probably just maybe it's actually between more manicure and, and, and Wild Kingdom at this point. It was ten weeks of quarantine. You know, you're <laughs> so smooth and you're blonde. I imagine you not having like a giant pubic bush, even if you don't trim it. Yeah, I, I, I love talking about my bush. It's my favorite, it's my favorite topic. Good. Um, so thanks for asking. I, <laughs> I, actually, I actually don't grow much hair. Like, I don't grow chest hair. Mm. And people always ask me if I, like, wax or pluck or what. And I'm like, no, I just, I mean, listen to my voice. I just haven't hit puberty yet. I love so. it. I love smooth. Yeah. Love it. Once my balls drop, mm. we'll see. Um, okay, what were you doing when you had the most intense orgasm of your life? Oh, you know what? I was um, uh, having my prostate stimulated. So, you know, if you're like laying on the bed and you're kind of in like the gynecologist exam position, like, you know, knees up, legs apart. And if you have a guy insert his pointer finger, um, like palm up and do the motion of like, you know, if you're pointing at someone and you're like, come to me Mm -hmm. and you kind of like crawl the tip of your finger. Yes. If you have someone do that inside your butt, it just basically like rubs against your prostate, like milks your prostate. And if you orgasm while you're doing that, I mean, it just takes you to another planet. Now, did you, were you touching yourself or did you just explode from the prostate massage? Oh, no, I was touching myself in, in, in the process. Yeah, I'm not that talented. Yeah. Not yet. I would have to also. Um, descri- yeah. Describe the perfect penis. Um, I really like intact penises. I find them just more um, enjoyable. They almost like move within their own skin when you're being fucked by them. Mm-hmm. Whereas a circumcised penis to me feels like feels like you're being poked. We differ on um, that, but to each his own. Okay. Um, 
I mean, do you still prefer to bottom for a circumcised penis? I don't care so much about bottoming, but I really like to suck a circumcised penis. But not, but why not a foreskin penis? Uh, I've talked about this on the show, and it always pisses people off. I just don't like the way I don't like the way it looks, smells, or tastes. And I and I have been with uncut guys that were perfect, that were great. It, there was no smell, there was no bad taste. But I've had enough negative experiences with it that it just kind of turns me off. And because I've always been cut, um, it's just like I expect a penis to to look like mine, except bigger. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, a, yeah, fair enough. A lot of our, our, our um, so-called preferences, right, are really shaped by our experiences and, and what we're used to. But And it's cultural, um, too. It is I mean. kind of fun to be able to step outside that a little bit. Absolutely. Um, and, so uncut and how um, big? How big? Uh, I would say like a Blake Mitchell penis, maybe like eight, eight inches. Do we know who Blake Mitchell is? I can Google him. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds nice. That eight, eight by five, eight by six. I think that's just about perfect. Eight by six. Let's, let's, hit, let's hit all the nooks and crannies. Mm. Davey, last question. What's the first thing you're going to do when you get the all clear? The pandemic is over. You can do anything you want. Social distancing is over. What's the first thing you're going to do? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to work like that. It seems like it's going to be this like slow moving. Okay, now you can do this. Now you can do this. But if we can magically wave a wand and everything was uh, back to normal, I would get on a plane and fly to London. I would stay at a nice hotel, and I have a, uh, a fuck buddy over there um, that I would be happy to spend a, a weekend with. Mm. He must be great if you're willing to fly overseas to uh, to get that uh, get the D. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's some it's some good uh, some good dick. <laughs> Davey Wavy, you are delightful. Everyone should subscribe to Himmerost.tv to see uh, really sexy content. You're just about the easiest person on earth to find on the internet, but what's the easiest way for people to follow you? Yeah, uh, well, just Google Davey Wavy, and you can see me on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or, yeah, um, join Himmerost.tv forward slash celebrate. We're doing a special pride sale two years for the price of one. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I wish you a happy and safe pride. Um, I really adore you. So thank you for coming on. And I also want to thank I JB you. for putting this together every week. Ryan Frostig, my wonderful co-host. Next Saturday, tune in to hear another brand new ass. As God is my witness, I will keep doing these every week. You guys stay safe. Protect yourselves and one another. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Have a great week, bitches. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.